Welcome to NFT Tales, our podcast to talk about our adventures in NFT land and current events in the NFT world. My name is Jonathan Smith. And my name is Jeremy Craig. And this is episode eight of the podcast titled Top Shot Tips. In this episode, Jeremy is going to give some insight into what techniques he uses to increase his collector score. So also, I guess we'll talk about some current events in NFTs. Uh, let's do it, Jer. Heck yeah, you know I've been wanting to get into this, so let's go. Okay, Jeremy, uh, I'll, I'll let you get started. What is your number one piece of advice you're going to lay on people as they're getting into Top Shots? Uh, if you're just getting into Top Shots, I would say the most important thing right now is going to be to stack a team set. Um, the bonuses are all uh, tied to either a team or a series set right now. Okay, let's break it down a little bit more than that. So you're in Top Shot, you're getting these moments, you get packs, right? You open the packs, random cards in them, right? And so either you take the pack or you go to the marketplace. Let's let's start on some base logic. Do you buy packs or do you go to the marketplace, Jared? Well, you definitely want to buy packs. Um, the way I've got it set up right now, especially any new account gets, you know, an intro pack. And then I think they call it like a builder pack or a rapid pack, something to basically help accelerate their um, collection. But I think they have to get three players or three moments from a team and then spin or complete one flash challenge. And so the flash challenge, what is that compared to, you know, completing a set? Like what's the differences there for the layman's out there? So a flash challenge is going to be, you know, the five players that scored the most points in tonight's basketball games. And you create a showcase, which is just a collection of those moments. And if you have all the moments, then, um, they take a snapshot at a specific point in time, usually like 12 or 16 hours after the games, and then um, they mint a reward moment for that flash challenge. So if you completed the challenge, you'll get a reward moment, or a lot of the time, because they spring them up so quickly, they give out Series 2 packs or archive packs, um, just an opportunity for people to get you know more pulls. And so these different packs, they they have you know different cards and different odds to get different types of cards so they've got legendary cards they've got rare cards they've got common cards they have the different series explain break this down a little bit tell the people about what you're looking and valuing serial numbers what you're looking and valuing as you're opening these packs what you're hoping to get so most collectors are going to start with the you know base set so they're going to be looking at base set one base set two and three um, the way the series are set up is basically you know, with the basketball season. So it, it rolled out at the end of 19 and, and 20. And so that would be your series one. And then the bubble year was series two. And then right now we're currently in series three um, or season three. I don't, you know, S3 is what most people refer to it as. Okay. So, so that's, that's the basics of it. Time, time to raise it a level. So what is your logic as you're looking to buy and sell cards in the marketplace? You're not pulling packs. You're going to the marketplace. What's your logic for people? What, what, what advice do you have? Well, my logic right now is going to be slightly different probably than there would be, but I just completed the Series 2. So I picked one card out of my set just to kind of give an example, but Mike Conley um, is a guard for the Utah Jazz, and he has a seeing stars moment. So the baseline for that moment is 30 points because it's not just the base series. It's actually the seeing stars set. The challenge completion bonus was 70. Because I completed the entire seeing star set, I got another 30. 
because I have the entire team completed set, I got 15. And because I have the full team set, I got another 45. So that one player was worth 150 collector score points. Versus 30, which was like if you just had the card, none of this other stuff, right? If you just let pack because you got in and, you know, that was one of your moments. Yeah. So that 30 to 150. So you 5X'd it because you completed the Utah Jazz Series 2, Utah Jazz full team, and then the Sing Star set. Okay. So you're talking there about increasing your collector score. And I think, you know, we definitely need to talk about the benefits that you've seen from that. But before we get into that, a lot of people are listening. A lot of people that are getting into Top Shots, NFTs, you know what they all want to hear, how you make money. So what's your advice as far as that flipper land, Jeremy? Where's the money in Top Shots? Well, like you mentioned at first, you can either go to the marketplace or you can buy packs. So the money, you know, is always in packs. There's been very few packs that are negative um, value. So if you, if you can get into a pack queue and, and get a pack, you're almost always going to make money. Um, but my methodology right now has been to stack moments. Um, this week, for instance, I got the Maxi Kleba moment that was pulled for a three-point because he had six three-pointers that night. So he was, I think, third most three-pointers that night. Um, so they had a flash challenge and top five three-point shooters for the night you had to put into a, a showcase. Okay. Okay. So you you have the sets of cards. You You don't just have a single card. You'll You'll load up um, and I, I talked to you, you talk about trying to like anticipate where the challenges will be, anticipating what people will be popular, anticipating what people are looking for. Like, w- what's your thought process there? Are you going off the Discord? Is that something that you follow in the sport? What's going on? How do you get to those decisions? So we definitely use some Discord, um, you know, team hold. I, I'm perusing and reading quite often. I've got the hustle and show um, showcase room. So there's definitely a lot of closed groups, but... To me, it, it's almost more an Excel spreadsheet type analysis. So the reason Maxi Kleba was a bottleneck is that he really only had a 15,000 print card and then his Series 1 4,000 print card. So I had stacked those moments, you know, when they were cheaper, I had 4 to $6 price point for that moment. And because not many people had stacked that moment, whenever he came up for the challenge, they went from 55 to $66. So I was able to sell a 4 or $6 card for 50 to $60 profit. So so that that's one side of it. And, and then there's also the social media game. I'll tell you what, Jeremy, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the, the social media side and, and the community side of Top Shots, because I think that's where you've also gotten a lot of value. Out of, out of playing that. So we'll be back in just a minute. Okay, so you're sitting there. You have one tab open, top shot, moments. The next one is going to be on the social media. So what are you doing on Twitter, in Discord? Just break it down a little bit. Let's start with Twitter. Who are you following on Twitter? Uh, what do you follow on Twitter to know what to do with top shots? Uh, well, actually, I follow NBA Top Shot on Twitter. It's probably the best account to follow. Um, there's a couple other ones like Dad Moves and, and some other ones that I'll, I'll tweet out. But um, they actually announce what the challenge is going to be you know, beforehand, or, or they'll tell you before the game start. Like tonight, we're picking the rebound leader. So 
that's when you go through your list of players and say, you know, who do I expect to have the most rebounds tonight? You're not always going to be right, but you know, you're typically not going to pick a point guard if it's a rebound competition. If it's a three um, made three pointer competition, you're probably not going to pick the center on the team, right? So you look through and see what you have. If there's a player that's a high likelihood of being there, um, it's going to be there. But I would say that I use other websites and not so much social media for that. I would say like Live Token, Moment Ranks, Own the Moment. All of those have um, the Excel sheets and the statistics showing me, you know, what's hot, what's moving, what other people are doing. Yeah, so Live Token is great for seeing what's being listed for doing what you call sniping, right? We're jumping in whenever people dump and grabbing right. that, right? right. Um, I use Moment Ranks, a little bit of top shot of status that I have. I use Moment Ranks when I buy on the market because I really like how you see that distribution where other moments of that same type sold. So you can kind of see, is this like the lowest it's been? Am I buying at the peak? Like I, I really like, and just knowing like what the value of the account is, uh, what's some other tools you like to use, Jer? Um, You know, own the moment was what I use a lot when I was doing the series set because it has a series tracker. So I could go through and see what cards I needed to get the team set or the base set. Um, Moment Ranks actually has a fantasy style game that I play a lot, and so that's where a lot of the communication is, is, is people talking about what moments they're going to use. Um, the team hold and the NBA Top Shot Discord actually loaned me moments to, to complete a challenge or two, so that's probably more of what the social aspect that you were talking about is. Yeah, I have to admit, if I'm going to talk about what amazes me the most about Top Shots is how strong that community is, how much reputation matters in that community. Um, in the crypto crap coin community, it seems like those, the, the quote unquote market leaders can pull the rug on the people following them, you know, every other month and then get away with it. Cause it's just the way the, the cookie crumbles, the coin crumbles. But I've seen you do handshake deals in the top shot community. I'm like, are you kidding me, Jerry? You're going to give away something worth that much and you're just going to take a handshake. They're going to send. And you're like, no, 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 it's okay. It'll be cool. This guy, I trust him. He's got his reputation. I'm like a reputation, you know, in the, in the crypto world, you know, people just hide behind those things. But I really like how in top shots, people like to stand out. They like to be known at their place in the community. It's a really good community, uh, that, that you know, people can get into and they're not going to hopefully get scammed. There's less of a chance that someone's going to take it for a ride, especially if someone that's well known in that community and i think you've kind of established yourself at the point as someone that people trust right to do those type of trades with and something that you have pride in so i definitely take pride in it I, i'd hope to say i have some trust in the community i've got three or four guys that i deal with on the regular and and they've kind of introduced me to some of their friends and, and peers um, i know that when the ballers came out they were brokering a lot of deals you know before there was an actual marketplace and um, i dealt with somebody that brokered six or seven deals and yeah, we would just announce it. We'd say, yeah, I know this person and this person. Let's tag them in Discord and Twitter and, you know, put out there that what we're doing and, and then it's out there. And everybody knows that if you did that trade, that you would be, you know, roasted basically by the community. And, and they do care what the rest of the members is. It is a tight knit community. That flow community is, is very tight knit. It seems like that community and the world around NBA Top Shots, there's just a lot of enthusiasm. I know a lot of people that that is how they've gotten they've gotten onboarded into NFTs. And so I'm always real positive about where it is. If I was talking about, you know, people getting into it and making money, as you said, the money is in the packs, right? So if you want to quote unquote make money off NFTs, probably the safest bet out there for making money off NFTs for a little bit of money to make a little money would be buying packs, right? I've bought 
probably myself about seven or eight at this point. I've had out of those two, maybe be worth like even nil or maybe slightly negative. That's fantastic. And I've had ones of myself where I've pulled like a hundred dollars just out of a pack or something, right? So you um, got the I, LeBron archive like that. You've got what a three digit LeBron archive. Yeah, that was fantastic. Out of you know a what was a consolidation pack where they were like, oh, you couldn't get the good pack, so here's like a nineteen dollar one for to like make you hold you over and end up having that kind of pulling it. So uh, I'm I'm a big believer in packs. I think that's where most people can get in. But we, at some point, if you know the sport, if you uh, have an idea, you know, what's going to be happening in the sport. I've seen you like grab rookies before they rock it up. I've seen you grab players before, you know, they got in the all-star game. And so that that's one really cool thing about Top Shot. It's not just about, you know, watching the open sea, <laughs> the sea rise and fall and whatever. Um, you've actually gotten the point where it, it, it's where you go whenever the gas is high, right? I mean, isn't it like your, 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 your home away from home a lot of times? I mean, I would have to say it's my side piece for sure. I go there every time when gas is, you know, above 200 and I, I can't do a single transaction on Ethereum, then I live on flow. I, you know, I sold three moments right before we got on here because I had a DeMar DeRozan and I had three of them. So I sold it for 22 bucks and bought like six $5 moments and got more collector score because those DeMar DeRozans were like, I think 16 collector score points and the $4 cards I bought were 36 points. And so th there is that part of it where you're making money, but then there's also what you've tried to do is to increase your collector score, increase your uh, whale status. So now let's talk about that. What are the, what does the collector score do for people, Jeremy? What has it done for you? What can it potentially do for you? So the biggest benefit is going to be the priority queue. If they have, you know, 10,000 packs, there's typically 4,000 in a priority queue and like 6,000 in the general queue. And so to get in the priority queue, it's typically, I don't know, I don't remember the ratios. It's just a much higher um, collector score or market spend bonus that's required to get there. So it might be like 3,000 collector score points to get in the regular queue and it's 10,000 to get in the priority queue. Um, so I've managed to work my score up to 40,000, but I know that I needed to be above 15 for a couple of the packs, um, specifically that legendary pack where I got that Devin Booker. Um, I had to kind of scrape together to get the bonus to get in there. So it's about getting into a priority queue and having a higher odds of success of getting those packs. Okay, you say that, but I, you know, I think that you got into the NFL early access because of your collector score. I really think that that was something that made him go, hey, this guy can actually do something here, huh? I definitely think that helped me get into the first wave of closed beta. Yeah. Um, I was kind of surprised, honestly, when I, I jumped into that discord and saw some of the names that were in there because I felt like they were much bigger accounts than I was. But, um, you know, the nerd and me, I, I strategically bought the moments I did to maximize the score I could. So I, I had a high collector score for the number of moments that I actually had in my account. Yeah, you've done a real good job maxing it out. And I think your most recent move, just to kind of cap this off, was whenever you went after the Series 2, because we know that at this point, Series 2 is over. There's no more Series 2. It's all Series 3. So by kind of locking down all the Series 2, you've just like locked in a moment in history, right? I was literally talking to someone today, and he was like, I think this is what's going to be worth a lot in the long run. These will be the NFTs people looking back at wanting to get into these early, almost for historical value. And, and there you are sitting there with all of them. So uh, bravo, clap, clap, clap. We were all, we're all impressed yes. by that, right? Thank so, you, thank you. Um, and so, it helps with the flash challenge because I 
pretty much have like 80% of the league in that Series 2 set. So I don't have to go searching to complete many of the challenges. Yeah, and, and you don't need your collector score every day, right? So if one of those cards ran up because of some random thing you knew was going to run down, you could always liquidate a little bit, right? And jump back in and have like a that feeling of, oh, I got my 6,000 point boost again or whatever, right? So uh, I think that that's a pretty cool thing that you put yourself in that position. I think for a lot of regular people, you know, just completing a team would be a pretty cool thing to do. You know, your favorite basketball team, if you're into the sport, I think um, maybe just having your favorite player is a big thing. You know, I, I'm not as much into the NBA as you, but even I can recognize that the people that I barely know, like Le- LeBron, they're the ones with the most popular cards. So it really makes it so that a regular person can get into it. But there is that extra bonus for people that uh, follow the sport aggressively, have an idea about my, who's going to be performing, who's going to be coming back to the games, that sort of thing. And so I love that duality of top shots, right? Uh, uh, what's your final thoughts before we hit the news? What's your, what's your closing tips for people on top shots here? Um, if you're going to get in, I'd say go all in, obviously. Um, go to play.momentranks and, and try their fantasy. They give away $10,000 in Dapper each week. Um, you know, if basketball is not your sport, there's all day. There's UFC Dapper coming out. The Cricket League is about to come out. Um, so there's pretty much going to be something for everybody. And just get in and get your feet wet. Well, that's great advice, Chair. Thank you for giving us some of your Top Shot tips. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some NFT news that's been going on a little bit this week. So we'll talk to you in just a second. Jerry, let me dust off my newspaper here. Let's get into some headlines. I want to start with looks rare. I want to start with the looks token. So you're you're the one told told me about that. So tell everyone else about it in case they didn't they didn't hear about it. So Dingaling and some other investors um, came out with basically an alternative to OpenSea, uh, and they had an airdrop today or started you know yesterday and today where. Uh, if you had sold a certain amount or, or you know, done a certain amount of transactions on OpenSea or if you listed an NFT, um, they gave you their tokens. So it, it is got some features that OpenSea doesn't have. You can bid on an entire series. So you basically put up, so, like if I wanted to buy a uninterested unicorn and I could say I want to pay 0.26, um, any one of the people selling an uninterested unicorn could take my offer so you can actually put offers out you know for an entire series um you're allowed to combine weath and eth offers when you make offers so you can pull your funds for more than one um crypto which is kind of cool and apparently they actually have people that work there so i know a lot of series that we're not getting verified are already getting verified yeah i saw that that's most of the dunking that i've seen on twitter has been about saying hey look uh, open see someone actually pays attention, right? And so, and I think a lot of people are excited to see a competitor in this space. I got to be honest, when you first told me about that, I was kind of negative because, you know, OpenSea has such a market momentum. But at the end of the day, it doesn't take someone actually beating OpenSea. It just takes someone competing. It just takes, you know, someone number two. Um, you look at, say, like the PC gaming market, and yeah, Steam gets most of the the, the business, but something like Green Man Gaming still probably still makes a profit, probably still makes their fans happy and all that, right? And so it would be good if we had more options in the market. The whole point of it being crypto is that there should be more secondary markets. So, you know, me personally, I, I didn't sell off any of my tokens. I know a lot of people did a dump. Usually when I get an airdrop, 
I'm doing a dump. I'm sorry, just the way it is. Like, unless I, you know, I see something that kind of blows me away. If you're just giving me something, I'm, I'm gonna take the free money. But um, on this one, I, I didn't dump it. I, I think I'll stake it. I, I think I want to see where this goes, even if it doesn't end up, you know, being that the it market. It's just nice seeing someone nip at OpenSea's heels, especially since Coinbase is taking so long to get their thing to market. And who knows what Coinbase will bring? You know, they could even be more restricted than OpenSea. So I'm excited to see innovation in the space. It doesn't require going to a different blockchain, right? Yeah. So. Promote some competition. I think their royalty fees or transaction fees, I'm sorry, are only 2%. So I know they were running some tweets today that were like, if you bought a a Bay Area Yacht Club, you'd save, you know, something like $11,000 on that half a percent. So it, it's competition is always good. I don't see how it can be bad, but I'm definitely going to stake mine. Once gas is not, you know, asinine, it'll it'll be staked. I'm, I'm in this one for the long run. Um, I saw some FUD about, you know, some of the seed investors and who was involved, but then I saw a rallying cry and people and some other pretty prominent accounts come behind and say, you know, it's pretty asinine to not like a product because somebody invested in it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I still think that the next big innovation in the space is going to be who can leverage layer twos properly, who can who can put in the the, the resources that'll be required to allow a layer two solution to 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 be a way to trade within that marketplace. You know, they're, they're, I've seen criticisms online of OpenSea and how many things they do that basically are proprietary, that they're doing on their own servers. It's not really part of the blockchain. There's a lot of centralization around OpenSea that I think the market really could use to get away from. Um, but to really beat them, I think you're going to have to offer something. You can't just, like, be a little bit more responsive. I, and I'm much, I don't want to be negative, but I really think to beat them, you got to offer something they don't. And if someone rolls in with like a native layer two solution and you're sitting there and to do something on OpenSea costs you a hundred bucks, but doing it, you know, on this other platform costs you five, even though it's the same NFT, I could see that being the kind of thing that really moves the market over. But you know, that I'm just happy to see any competition in this space. So we're still watching that. That's something exciting. You know, this has been a kind of a weird moment because over the holidays, the, the market kind of came down some. And then after the other side of the holidays, I guess people's got some money in their pocket again, and we saw some project spending go up, but not all of it's going smoothly. Like some of these projects that are in the downtime are are not all, you know, friends and family. It's not all, you know, chill out on those discords. Um, you, you've heard about some of that, Jeremy. Talk a little bit about some of the the discord that you've you've heard in these discord communities. Oh, man, this has been the season of Discord. There's been a couple of different project developers either step down and leave and not come back or be asked to leave by the project itself. Um, And then, you know, specifically the one where the developer was asked to leave. uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, What was that? Pudgy Penguins? Yeah, Pudgy Penguins and Cole Theorem. Yeah, so... They started basically airing the the DMs between him and the guy that was making offers. Um, And then it it got into one of those, like, I can't believe you aired our DMs type thing. But, I mean, he made out like a cash cow on that, and then it it pumped after that. But, yeah, he's actually the one that uh, invested in that looks rare that people were getting so upset about. So I don't know what he did to to piss people off, but he definitely made some enemies in this space. Well, you know... 
I think right now, so last year, there was a point where it seemed like any mint that could get to market would almost mint out, right? And mm-hmm. what you're seeing now is I think what the real market is, where some things don't, some things, you know, require a bit longer to get over the finish line, and some things are just boom. Like there was that whole Wall Street bulls that minted out real quick. That was that was a quick sellout, even though it was the 10,000 mint. It wasn't even a reduced mint because it just kind of hit the right set of memes and the right, you know, cultural arrow. I think that's what a lot of people are looking for is does this hit the marks of what I want out of a project I'm going to put into? Um, and I've talked before about, you know, we talked about the logic behind projects we invest in, don't invest in. Uh, what we're seeing a lot now is a rapid iteration of derivative. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. So something becomes successful. It used to be in the next week or so, you'd see a ripoff. Now you see a ripoff before even like the night, but like is over, like before even the, the launch day cools or something. And that obviously is going to be kind of fleshed out. But, you know, that that's what's probably going to make this this 2022 a little bit rougher sailing than 21 is there is a lot of cash grab out there. There isn't kind of enough money to go around, so to speak. So people are going to be more discerning. And, you know, what are they going to go towards? Are they going to go towards the thing that's the it looks like the safe bet? Are they going to go for that thing where I missed the big deal and this is, you know, something like it? Are they going to go for the thing where, oh, this is a cute idea. I like that dog. I like that meme or whatever. And watching this kind of play out is going to be very interesting. Um, let's talk a little bit. You you wanted to talk about the Fanta Bear project uh, uh, before the show. We were chatting a little bit about uh, tell the audience a little bit what amazes you so much about that project. Oh, man, to me, I feel like that one just snuck up out of nowhere. I know it had some hype and they were talking about it was going to be a good project. The developers were, you know, a good team, but it was a 0.2 or 0.25 mint. So it was an expensive mint. But within a week, it was a six and a half ETH and was, you know, the number one selling, I think, in the 24 hour and seven day period. So it, it basically became the Board Ape Yacht Club of... You know, this this year, this season, um, it's got a an Asian, you know, um, influence to it. And I think that kind of brought in a, a whole new audience. I think it was a Taiwanese band, if I'm not mistaken, what I read in the Discord that put a tweet out about it and said he wasn't directly affiliated, but it was his team. And, you know, it just it took off. You know, it's funny. So you have that kind of thing where. It's kind of organic. It, it kind of comes from a popular place and all that. And so uh, whenever we're looking at NFTs, what's really, I don't know, crazy about NFTs is that there's this mix of this market where you can have people that are musicians or traditional artists that maybe haven't gotten anywhere and they're jumping NFTs, more popular ones. Like I just saw the other day that, and I, you know, we don't, we don't do politics here, but there's this famous person, Melina Trump is doing her own NFT series or whatever. Add to the pile of another famous person doing an NFT series, right? So we've got these famous people doing these NFT series, but we never see them dominate OpenSea. Like the famous people ones, they just kind of fall off immediately, right? Like none of them have this long-term value. It's these more organic things that come directly from the community that people in the community are hyped about to be at, even at a 0.26 min. I mean, that is a success story to go from 2.26 to six something, you know? Yeah, that's a success story. But man, a 0.26 mint's expensive. You have to really have people believing in you to want to mint out at that price and that it's going to do that kind of growth, you know? And that's, that's an organic within the community thing. So I think that's one thing that's a really positive sign about uh, NFTs at this part in the year and going into this year 
is that uh, the market is not easily fooled, so to speak, right, Jeremy? Like, people are starting to get more sophisticated. It's not just, hey, famous person, you can crank out your name on something and you get it. Uh, you really have to kind of hit the mark and, oh, this is what's popular. This is what people want to talk about. I, I, What I want to see now is not only this fast derivative cycle go against NFT projects, I can't wait for this to kind of cross over into the more mainstream. I predict, and what I see happening is, that like a meme becomes popular on Twitter or on like Instagram or something. And I'm not talking about within the crypto community. I mean, within the community at large, I could see just like there was meme coins that'd be cranked out, like the mongoose thing, like one seconds or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can see it get to the point where there's NFTs like that, that instantly build around, you know, whatever the general hype is outside of this space. So right now we're really focused on this space. We keep iterating on different types of punks and apes and things like that. I can definitely see there. Uh, that's where that, 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 so the famous people can't really get their mints to come across, right? It won't be them. It'll be like the story about them or whatever, or, or just the funny, the funny little picture that everyone thinks is cool, where they were like, got caught at the award show with the pants down. You know what I'm saying? Everyone knows what like meme culture is. And I can see like smart jokes off of that being the type of thing that can be iterated quickly and be appreciated in the NFT space. You know, a lot of people that come into it right now, though, Jeremy, they don't care about cute memes and pictures and stuff. They're looking to make money. So what do you think the prognosis is right now for going into this year as far as where you think the market will go? I definitely think the market's going to stay positive um, and, you know, keep going it. There's a lot of good projects. There's a lot of bad projects. So, I mean, I think if you're a um, picky spender that it's going to be a viable market to make money in. I mean, you don't buy to flip as much as I do. So, you know, I think it's a collector's market all the time, but I still think it's a flipper's market. You know, I have had projects that, I, I, I just keep wanting to go back in time and get out at an earlier point where I feel like, you know, the, either the community or the, the, the floor price, whatever it is, it's not just the, the money. It's about the when something's run its course. Right. And so there's a lot of these projects you can tell they just start to deflate like a balloon. And, you know, it, some of it's being left held with the bag, but also some of it's like, what happens at that community that you really liked that got wound out and got left, you know, got pulled this way and this way and that way. And so I'm really impressed watching the communities that did stick together during the downtime. It's really cool watching something like my alpaca brass or whatever, right? That I got in on that because I really liked the Discord a couple of weeks ago when everyone weren't that much. And then it blows up whenever things do turn around because the the people that were there stayed there and stayed grinding on it. Um, I, I really think that what you're going to see going forward is that it's not going to be so much the art as it will be the community, so to speak, as far as what people are looking for. And it might be a little bit more of a slow burn to get to these highs. You might not have that boom wave, you know, on these things that are not derivative based, that are not just flip cycle stuff. But how can you tell the difference between it? I, you know, that that's that's kind of the hard thing right now is that everyone has projects that they like and everyone has, you know, a dream. But what's the dream of something that just comboed together like three other types of like NFTs or something, right? Like the dream is I want to get rich, right? And I oh, think yeah. eventually people get smarter about that and more discerning. I, it is kind of disheartening for me, though, whenever you show me one, there's like, look, Jonathan, it's these three things. It's already three X in like a day or something. It's like, 
yeah, I get it, you know, but but you're hoping that eventually things will mature and people will look more to the art or just to the team behind it, what their ambition is, what the roadmap is, what the white paper is, what they think they're going to be able to do. Um, so what are some other projects that have launched recently you've been excited about, Jerry? You stay on top of launches way more than me. Tell people what you've liked in maybe last week or so. Um, well, you definitely can't talk about launches in the last week without mentioning the book games by, you know, Gary V. Um, I actually just got my two books from that and did pretty good. I got a galaxy frame. Um, nice. Yeah. Let's see. The crudels came out. There was quite a few derivatives that, you know, we looked at the wonks was a, a nice female, um, led project that, that did pretty good. I know the llama called that one and got, I think 50 or 57 of them. Um, let's see what else did we get this week? I've been in RoboBots because they've got a, a you know BattleBot Rampage style. Um, what was that TV show that we used to watch back in the two thousands where they would BattleBots? Right, wasn't that the name yep. of it? So right. this is basically NFTs based like that. Um, you can upgrade and get different drivers and weapons, and um, you can actually wager with or NFTs from your collection. Um, on your battle bots, or you can just battle for free, which is kind of what we're doing right now. You know, uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about Ready Player Cat, that NFT. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it did mint recently, but that's one that's been kind of hot recently that I've had a lot of people in my space talk about that they they like the idea behind it. Um, what, what what was the one with the game that you were showing me the other day that recently took off? What was that? PX Quest. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, I I... I, I wanted to see a little bit more before the launch, and I was wrong on that one. I'll just take the W, the, take the L on that. So, uh, but that, you know, I think that was something that was interesting. Oh, the Alien Friends deal where their Discord, you know, had those issues, and then it's turned around and it's turned into a really good project. Uh, I think that's the kind of thing that people, whenever they get into these projects, and it seems so obvious. Oh no, it's all going down. Like it, you don't, you never kind of know, right? Like, and so I think that that's something that's been a really cool story. Um, what, uh, what, what am I missing? What else kind of happened this week that we can talk about, Jer? And we got the airdrop. Um, Ooh, the, you know, uh, you know, I'll say it. I just can't stop thinking about the Kamara card. That's what the problem is. There you, <laughs> you pulled that rare Kamara card in the NFL and you've been waving in front of me, like me in front of a dog. If anyone doesn't know, I'm a big New Orleans Saints fan. And so I don't really follow up basketball. So my thing is definitely more the NFL. I'm really looking forward to the NFL, uh, uh, card series. And Jerry over there pulled a, a rare Kamara, my favorite team and the best player on that team, a rare card for it. So that's all I can be thinking about all week. So well, yeah, uh, sorry, it, sorry if I'm a little distracted. <laughs> it came together nicely, too, because I know we talked about it like 30 minutes before the pack draw was going to start, and I was contemplating whether or not I was even going to enter it because it was the premium pack draw, and I'd already done the standard pack draw. Yeah, right. And you're, la- you're like, and I was like, no, no, come on, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. I just had this like feeling or whatever, right? Oh, it, it was beautiful because I just jumped on top shot, flipped four moments, got the dapper I needed, and got in the queue. And honestly, that's the lowest queue number I've ever gotten. I was 24th in line with 23 people in front of me. I mean, it just like was it just fell in your lap, you know. And you know me, I'm usually lackadaisical, but I'm usually, it's been a while since I've been go, go, go or whatever. So it's nice whenever things work out. What's the odds of that just for you to get something like that in the pack? It's, even with that type of pack, it's not that not that common, so. I want to say um, it was like 4% if I'm looking at it right. Or maybe that was a legendary and it was like 16% for a rare. But but even still, I mean, yeah. 16%, that, that, that's a great pull. So To have 17 moments and four of them be rare, I think is, is probably a, 
a statistic of itself, if I had to guess. So that we're looking forward to that. I, I have a lot of faith in where that's going to go. I think that that might be the big story of this year um, as that NFL market comes in. You know, the NBA market has always been a younger market, a savvier market. I think that was a great place to start with the NFTs. But the NFL market is the mainstream. You know, that's where a good chunk of that that money spending audience is. That's where there's a lot of people who are really big in branding themselves and that brand, just like in the NBA or something like that. But that's where a lot of people are willing to spend to put themselves in their favorite brand, you know, and with their favorite players and all that. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. Um, So this week we don't have a story. Sorry about that. We kind of rambled a bit too long. Um, but we do got some good stories coming up uh, later on this year. Also, uh, before we get to the end, I just want to throw out there that uh, we have had some people that have been asking us questions about um, uh, things related to the NFT world, but the the more related to crypto world. The crypto episode that we did it was the most popular episode we had. So going into this year, we'll try to do our best to kind of balance some of that content more. So if you are coming in here and you want to know more about NFTs and maybe our you know our thoughts on the crypto world, we'll try to bring those in more often. Seeing how there's obviously a bit of a demand for that. Um, also, I just want to do a little bit uh, a station keeping as far as. Be sure to come and follow us on Twitter, follow the show on Twitter, and, and let us know your thoughts. Any of those, anyone out there listen to us, what you like, what you don't like. Me and Jeremy are always looking for some good feedback and what we can tweak and make better. Uh, we really want to make this podcast as enjoyable as possible. And so if there is something that in particular, we've been trying to mix up the format some. If there's something recently that you've liked or not, let us know about it. So that way, as we move forward, we can have a good idea of what to do. So th- uh, thank you all for listening. All right, uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Perfect. All right, Jeremy, that's all the time we have for today. I just want to thank everyone again for jumping on with us and talking with us about NFTs. You can find me at Poofy Hair Guy on Twitter. What about you, Jerry? What about the podcast? Where can they find y'all? You can find me at Mr. Jerk Dake, and you can find us for the podcast at NFT Tales Podcast. Uh, so we look forward to sitting down with you all again next week. Uh, thank you all for your time, and y'all have a good one.